Welcome to episode 69 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Happy New Year, Nathan. It's good to be back working on the podcast together. Uh, did you get a good break? And are you excited about 2023? Yeah, we we did have a good break. We uh, celebrated and and Christmas and had some good time with family and friends and neighbors and got to sneak out of town a little bit. Spent some time on the beach, and uh, which is always good. It's uh, good for your soul to spend some time on the beach, and uh, so that was good. But you know, we're back in the saddle. We're back uh, back in front of the microphone, Tim, and uh, we are ready to roll into twenty three. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about 2023 and all the opportunities are ahead of us. You know, I just got to say, taking a break was so good. Um, I know we both like to get away from where we are. So it kind of gives us an opportunity to uh, open our, our minds. You went to the beach. We went to the mountains. Uh, it was it was a good time. <laughs> we didn't you know, even it, plan that. That just kind of happened. That, well, that's that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really it was really good. And I got to say, it, you know, it gave me a chance to read and think, uh, to hang out with our family. Uh, and I even, believe it or not, I even did some experimenting with a new AI application, artificial intelligence. And uh, it was really fun. Uh, my son's kind of a geek. And so he and I were, were talking back and forth. We had, we had fun. So all in all, I definitely came back refreshed with a clear mind and ready to jump into 2023. You know, actually, Tim, we need to do a uh, one of our upcoming podcasts. We really should do an AI uh, topic. I, I think that's fascinating, and and there's fundraising applications. And so anyway, so we'll we'll cover we'll cover that uh, coming up here in some of the future episodes. But you know, we coming into this back to this episode, we thought it might be interesting to share a few things that we thought about or learned during our break, and especially as we look ahead to this new year. And a couple of things, and also wanted to share a couple of things we're working on. And I'll go first, uh, but before I do, just a reminder about our upcoming masterclass on fundraising. And I will be leading this class. Um, and we've got some, I think, really valuable and exciting objectives, such as, you know, why do people give? Why are people giving to your organization? And, and what does that mean to you and your fundraising program? And creating your own annual fundraising plan. And I do believe a lot of the reason that organizations don't raise the type of money that they should is because they don't have a plan. And if you if you don't have a fundraising plan or if your current fundraising plan is weak, you will walk out of this class with a detailed plan that will serve you well doing the remainder of 23 and beyond. Um, another outcome, another objective is learning how to cultivate donors and close major gifts. This is way easier than you think it is if you if you have some training and know what to do. Uh, so you learn that. And probably most importantly is how to raise five thousand dollars before you end this class. So this is a this is an ROI, Tim. This is a net revenue position. So uh Anyway, this is this is going to be a great masterclass. We're going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to learn. Uh, it it's it's going to be a good thing. You do not want to miss this. And so, if you're interested, uh, go to www.nonprofitleader.online 
that's in the show notes. That'll be the contact page. Uh, and it'll have all the information there for you. So just fill out the form when you get there. Leave us a note that says you're interested in the masterclass, and we'll make sure to get you all the details. So, all right, there we go. That's enough of our uh, of our advertisement for uh, for today, Tim. So, all right, two things that I kind of thought of and that I thought were relevant uh, coming out of my uh, Christmas break, and the first one is the importance of design in our nonprofit world. And this this came to me. I am a uh, I am a Mac user, uh, and you can blame Tim for that because I was a I was a PC. Uh, all I everything I had was PC, and I was one of the original uh, BlackBerry users. I, I can remember back in the late eighties, early nineties, mid nineties, whenever it was. Uh, my first BlackBerry. And that was like the most amazing thing I'd, I'd ever seen. And I still, the other day, Tim, I actually found a cord, a charging cord for my original BlackBerry uh, phone. So I was PC. And then I met Tim like 15 years ago now, or however it was. And he was this Apple guy. And I'd never, I'd never used an Apple. I'd heard about him. I'd seen him. Uh, and after, you know, my using my PC and watching him on his Mac, he was like, okay, well, there's something to that. And so now I, I, I swallowed the whole Mac pill. I swallowed the whole thing. So MacBook, iPad, iPhone, I got earbuds uh, for Christmas, Tim. And those are amazing. I love awesome. those things. Yes. And of course, don't forget my, my iWatch. But anyway, so I, I have my iPad and I bought a, uh, a cover for it. You know, I've had this cover for <clears throat> out of months, maybe a year, maybe longer. And uh, back in November, I splurged and I got an Apple pencil. And again, after Tim's Tim's urging that I needed it and that I would use it. And he was right. It's I love it. it is pretty amazing. And my iPad cover has a spot in the in the side where I put where, where you store it. And Tim, you may not believe this, but I, I got my pencil back. It was like October, November. It's now January and I have not lost the pencil, uh, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. So it's got this little storage area and the, the cover itself is rubber. And the only thing that I've not liked about it is getting the pencil out of the out of the case and it fits in there really snugly. So it doesn't fall out while you're walking around and I've, I've dug it, I've dug it out with my finger and, and it's like, oh, that's going to sooner or later, if I keep doing that, that's going to wear out the, the rubber piece and it's going to not fit in there snug. And then I've used, uh, I've used my pencil, my actual pencil to like dig down in there underneath it and lever it out. But then I break the lead on my pencil, which irritates me. And I've used paper clips to get down in there and to pull it out that way. And anyway, it's just, it, it, I've always thought that is, that is, it's dumb. Why would they put that in there and and have this this dumb way of getting the the pencil out of the case? Well, <laughs> I was sitting. Uh, I wasn't at the actual beach, but I was up on the patio, sitting there making some notes using the pencil. And I put it away. I put it in the thing, and then I thought of something else. And I had the case in a in a way that was kind of an odd way to to see it. And I noticed this this the the case is black, and I noticed this little white spot. And it was like, what is that? And I looked and lo and behold, there's actually under the, if you, if you fold the cover back and you look under it, there's a spot for you to put your finger underneath the pencil and push up 
and it just pops right out. <laughs> and so all this time that I was fumbling with getting that pencil out and being irritated about it, there was a way to do it simply and easily and efficiently and effectively. And I didn't know. And so it got me thinking about design and at its core design is a systemized way to solve problems. That is a, that's a, that's a very uh, uh, simple definition of design. Design is systemized problem solving. All right. And I think that the design in our lives, whether it's at work or in our personal lives, it gives us consistency. It gives us simplicity and, and it even can bring joy. And, but you've got to take time to explore and experience the design or you miss the benefit. And I, I looked up quickly what design was and, and cause I wanted to talk about it. And there's actually 15 different types of design, Tim. I, I, I mean, who knew? Uh, and, and the list, I'm going to just roll through it really quick. You'll have, if you want to write these down, you'll have to back up and, and to get the list. But interior design, industrial design, engineering design, software design, graphic design, fashion design, landscape architecture, architecture, user interface design, game design, user experience design, business architecture, information architecture, sound design, and lastly, lighting design. That is, those are the, those are the types of design. And so you might be saying, okay, well, what is this? Why are we talking about this? What does this mean for me? And I think where it comes into what we do as, as executive directors of, of small to medium nonprofits is that you can take something in your organization and walk through it and see where, where are the sticky points? Where are, where are the places where you say, well, that's dumb. Why do we do it that way? Um, and so, okay. So here's a, here's an easy example. Um, here's what you could do. Get a legal pad that's got at least like three pages left on it. So get a legal pad and your pencil, start going through your website, page by page by page. What's in, what's in there? What key information do you have about your organization that is buried four clicks away from the homepage? That's bad design. Fix it. Uh, look at your graphics. Look at your pictures. How much text do you have on a page? You know, just like my iPad, you know, I, I think we have to intentionally seek out design and with, with good design, talking about our website with good design, people who come to your website, they won't even be aware of it. They, they won't, they won't say, Oh, wow, that's designed well, but they'll experience it and they will get the benefit and the joy from experiencing good design. But as executive directors, it's our responsibility to intentionally seek out, then create that good design, whether it's on our webpage or within our programs or within our financial statements and in the, in the rest of our organization. It's up to us as executive directors to seek out and fix those places where the design is poor. Well, that's incredible, Nathan. Um, sometimes we just, we miss out. I think we're, we're going so fast. We're trying to do so many things. We miss the design around us and how incredible that is. And we often don't see that into our, into our own organization. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in Nathan, uh, because it's interesting. We didn't talk about this, but I had kind of 
uh, a little bit of a similar thought while I was gone. And I, and I'm going to go ahead and share my, my first thing, because for me, as I, as I was thinking about what's going on in my life and in our organization, the, the idea came to me that setting up systems and processes in your work and life is really important and essential. We're kind of talking about some of the same things. I, you know me pretty well. and I'm not a systems guy. Um, you can just look at my desk here in front of me and recognize <laughs> that's not true. I will um, affirm that. <laughs> but I, over the past year, I've been following and connecting with several people on LinkedIn and in other situations about uh, about systems. And, and they're really good at systems and processes. And, and to be honest, Nathan, personally, I'm getting to the place where it's really hard to keep everything in my head kind of remembering what needs to be done and when it needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And don't make any age jokes. Okay. Um, well, I'll think it, I just won't say it, but, and I, and trying to remember everything also uses so much energy that I really could be putting towards more important, important, impactful things. And it's also true with our organization as we grow in our work and in our staffing, as we have more people to our team, you know, things just become more complex and we need processes that we can work through rather than try and just make it up each time we face a situation. Um, and somehow we need to capture those processes. So when staff changes, we don't have to reinvent, you know, all things all over again. Uh, so let me just say this. I'm not trying to cut out the human aspect because we are a very relational organization and we consider people in our decisions. That's That's a huge part of it. But there is a whole lot of stuff that we kind of need to set it up and let it roll. And so I, I've just seen how important it is to think through how we do things to capture those processes and, and to follow through on them. And that's that's actually one of my key focus areas for this year, both personally and you know, organizationally, that we try to codify things. We try to set up some processes, make sure that people have access to them. And Again, like I say, I want to do it in my my own life. You know, personally, a simple system is just how do you pay your bills? You know, the idea of being able to automate them so that you set it up and it and it it does it. You don't have to think like, what day does that have to be done? Or you know, there's so many things in our lives that if we take we take a few minutes, there are th- ways that we can automate it, or we can put together. We've talked about action stacks on here about the idea of writing down all the steps to a certain thing that we might do. And then instead of trying to remember how to do it, we just go there. It's already there and, and save our energy and our focus for things that are, that are so much more important. And so it's interesting that how similar our, (laughs) our thoughts were during that time. But I think that's the way we're thinking that we're, we're thinking about how do we, how do we be effective in what we do, but not lose the human touch out of it. That's that's an important thing. When you're talking systems, in a simple example for that in fundraising is your database. And when you enter a new donor, is that donor put in, you know, Nathan and Missy Ruby, or is it Nathan ampersand Missy Ruby? Is it you know Mister Dot Missy? Having that system of it gets put in the same. It gets put in the same way every single time so that when you run your lists or you run your uh, 
what's that called, uh, Tim, when you uh, mail merge, not mail merge, uh, when you're running a, a lot of letters, whatever yeah. it is that they all, they all come out the same. And I, I, I learned this from a, a friend of mine several years ago, he had gone through his contact list and he had all of these people on there. He had no idea who they were. And you know, actually that's, that's a challenge you could do. Uh, if you're listening is just go, just go through your contact list and you will find people in there. You have no idea who they are or why they're in there. And so what he started to do was when he put somebody's name in new, then in the notes section, he put, you know, met them at, you know, such and such conference in 2012 or whatever. So he, so there was some framework of why is this person in my contact base? And so that's, I mean, that's just a simple thing of, of system that you do again and again and again, and it will save you time, effort, energy, multiple times over going forward. Yeah. It's just asking the question, how could I do this? How could I do this better? What's what the steps I need to take? And maybe finding someone who's really good at systems to kind of walk through some of those things with you. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of exciting and challenging at the same time. But well, I know you've got another thought. I, lo- I love this thought. Go for <laughs> Go for it. All right. So um, now we talked about this a, a, a little bit on a, a recent episode and, uh, but my point here, the thing that came to my mind was everyone has an opinion. Some are useful. <laughs> most are not. And, uh, and this, this really got reinforced to me over the holiday and I, I I'm, I'm going to be a little whiny, uh, and you know, I, I, I'm trying to not be the old grumpy guy here. Uh, but you know, over the holidays, we, we spend time with, with a significant amount of people, you know, family and extended family and friends and neighbors and coworkers, people we haven't seen for a while. And it, it creates this, this, this larger than normal, what I'm going to call chatter. You know, we got all this stuff going on, blah, 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 all, all of these things that are, that are hitting us. And, and while the, the topics of weather and politics and, an excruciatingly detailed update of Aunt Edna's doctor visits. Uh, and I got to tell you, Aunt Edna has a lot of doctors. Um, I just, I got into an overflow, uh, an, a, an inflow overload, let's say. And so there is a day uh, about two thirds of the way through the break where I just, I, I, I had to escape. And so um, I escaped to a local coffee shop. I said, you know, hey, I got I got a little bit of work I got to do today. I'm gonna go do this, and and my wife actually, you know, she looked at me like, yeah, I know what you're doing, and uh, so I got out, went to a local coffee shop, got my black coffee because that's how I drink my coffee. Uh, sat down and opened my LinkedIn and my Twitter accounts. Now that probably wasn't the right thing to do, and it ultimately turned out to be a bad choice on my part. Because I got the same thing, Tim. I got overwhelmed with all of these experts, you know, fundraising experts, nonprofit experts, all of the, the, there's a lot of political stuff going on now, all of that stuff. Um, and it, it, it was, it was, especially on the fundraising side, it was all of these, these experts that, that were, you know, that they could fix all my problems you know, with their expertise, with their masterclass, with their coaching programs, it, and it just, it was all over again. It was overwhelming. And now you might be saying, uh, Nathan, you and Tim just did an advertisement for your own masterclass. And, and actually that's my point. 
you know, this podcast is designed specifically for first-time executive directors and those executive directors leading small to medium nonprofits. That's that's what we designed this podcast for. That's where Tim and my heart is, and, and that's where we get excited is, is within that, that world of first-time executive directors and executive directors leading small organizations. If, if you're a CEO of a $50 million global NGO, you are not our audience. We are not speaking to you when we create these, these episodes. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't want you as a listener, and it doesn't mean that that you might not pick up a couple of things that we say that are valuable to you. But when we design these episodes, we're not we're not designing them for large organization CEOs. We're designing them specifically for first-time executive directors, executive directors of small to medium organizations. That's what we're doing. Uh, and it, so if that's you, then you're in the exact right place. And so my point is, it is to be careful what you listen to. You listen to fewer people, but people that are more useful to where you are and where you want to go. People that will help you fulfill the vision and mission of your of your organization. All right. My rant is officially concluded. So I'm just going to say, if our numbers drop this week, I'm going to come and look to you, Nathan. Now, it's my fault, you're, Tim. You're exactly, you're exactly right. Uh, there is, you know, the good thing is there is so much information out there. The bad thing is there is so much information out there, and you have to make good choices about how you spend your time, who you listen to, and what really, really connects with you. Well, my my other point that I'll just say here is I as I was sitting there, I thought, this is really good. <laughs> I need to do this more often. I need to take time away. And as leaders, we need to make time to think, to refresh, to have our spirits renewed and our our mind, our mind cleared. And that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to drive somewhere out of town or you've got to go spend two weeks somewhere, but it is finding regular time in your schedule to have some quiet or have something that refreshes you, that gives you an opportunity to think and grow and learn and just um, be refreshed so that you can be more effective over the long haul. Um, and so that's one of the things I'm doing this year is I'm looking to put more downtime into my schedule this year, not, not to not do work, but just to say I, on a regular basis, I need those times intentionally in my schedule to take a break, go read a book, go do something that just really brings life and refreshment back to me. Yeah. And, and I think in our culture, especially here in the States, uh, our culture is, you know, the whole hustle culture and the busy culture. And, and we wear our busyness as a, as a badge of honor or as a, uh, as a, not sure what word I want here, but you know, people are celebrated for being busy. It's like, Oh, you know, you, you talk to somebody, you meet them in the grocery store or whatever. Oh, what's going on? Oh my gosh. You know, Susie's got four activities and little Johnny's got nine activities and we just, you know, it's just constant, blah, 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 blah. And that is, that is a, for a long time, for, for decades that has been celebrated. And, and I, I think there's a little trend 
switching, going away from that as the the definite or the picture of of what every family should be or picture of what everybody should be. And I think that's a good thing. And you know, I, I coming off this this uh, this break and the the having some time to sit and and the clarity and the ideas and you know what would that be like if we did that once a quarter uh, or once a month? Uh, you know, once a quarter we took a a, a day and you know you, you mentioned that you don't have to leave town and go somewhere and that's that's true, uh, but you might want to you know go somewhere you know an hour away or half hour you know somewhere different than your normal place sure. and just you know took some time to put your phone in a neutral and, or your phone, your, uh, your head in a neutral and maybe your phone as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably part of it. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, for me, and I've said this before, but every time I put my brain in neutral, it's when my brain fires up. It's when all of these things come into my head that are problems I'm trying to solve or situations. I don't know what to do. And it, it's it's amazing what comes to you when you just let your mind rest. Uh, so, yeah, what would it be if we did that once a quarter or once a month? Well, we wanted to take some time to to share what we thought about, what we're learning, what we're focusing on in, in 2023. And and I think as you listen to Nathan and I talk about our, our time, our break, it's just we want you to think about and remember that making time to learn and reflect is one of the most impactful actions that you can take to grow as a leader and to help keep you and your organization moving forward. And to be honest, we'd love to hear what it, what have you been thinking about? What are you what are you learning? What's on your mind? And you can go to nonprofitleader.online on the contact page and tell us. We'd love to hear about what's going on in your life and what you're thinking about, what you're learning. So you can leave that there. Or as we always say, our our emails are in our show notes. You can feel free to email us directly if you'd like to do that as well. But we appreciate you uh, listening to us. And we hope 2023 is going to be an incredible year. Well, thank you for listening today. And that's all we've got until next time. <laughs>